Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey, well, thanks for joining us again today with Winning with the Burns. You know, I'm excited today, Nick, because I read a stat earlier today, 0.5% of high school baseball players actually get to the majors. Yeah. And we're sitting with one of the 0.5% right now. And, you know, he's a childhood friend, grew up, played ball with him, played ball against him. And uh, I'm excited to have him on with us today. Absolutely. So we, we've talked about having you on and um, doing just a heck of a job here uh, at LaGrange College from a coaching standpoint. But I want to start back, you know, your early childhood. You know, when I first met you, we were playing Little League Baseball with each other. You Good know, old days. Spent the night in each other's house <laughs> yeah. and a uh, um, heck of a, a youth baseball player. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, obviously you're drafted in the second round by the Chicago Cubs. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, growing up, you know, how competitive, you know, youth baseball was and, um, you know, what what was your favorite sport then? What was it? Was it even, I don't think it was even baseball, was it? You like basketball, right? I love basketball. Yeah. But, you know, same, same with yeah. you. You and yeah. I, I mean, we, we loved it growing up. Uh, but I just loved playing. Yeah. Whether it was basketball, baseball, football, it didn't matter. Just, uh, you know, whatever sport. I mean, obviously, as I got older, uh, I could tell that, all right, my talents are more gifted toward baseball, but yeah. basketball was really my passion, my love. Uh, I just happened to so take that career path toward baseball. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking with somebody just today, I was talking about you being on the podcast, and I remember, you know, you were a really good baseball player, all right? You were a really good high school player. But there was something that happened. It was one summer yep. that, that took place yep. where all of a sudden, you know, your ceiling – all of a sudden, you started going towards your ceiling, you yeah. know. And, and yeah. in athletics, there are ceilings, yeah. right? You know, I mean, there's – I hear stories all the time. I heard this one story about this this guy. He was pro scout, and he was going and watching this certain kid play baseball. And um, he had been watching him several times. He said, man, he could run this 60. He said, you know, unbelievable talent. He said, well, I'm sitting there watching the game, and all of a sudden this mama comes and taps me on the shoulder. And she says uh, – I see you here watching such and such every game. You know, my son's batting X batting average, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Why aren't you giving him any attention? He says, so I did the political thing, and I said, man, your son's a good ball player. Tell him to keep working, you know. He said, I did the political thing. He said, but what I wanted to do was tell her the truth, that there's a thing called a ceiling. Yep. Your son has bumped his head on that ceiling, <laughs> right? He's there, right? This kid's ceiling is up here. That's what we're looking for, you yeah. know, and I think – so many parents have that, you know, smoke and mirrors where they think their son is this. I remember yeah. me. I mean, that was my dream was to be a pro baseball player. But I think when I was about a sophomore, I realized, A, I wasn't fast enough. You know, B, I didn't drop enough bombs. Uh, C, I didn't throw 90-plus miles an yeah. hour. So I wasn't good enough, right? Um, but something happened with you, and I think it was between your sophomore and junior year yeah. Where, yeah. where things just took off. I remember people yeah. talking about it. What happened? Yeah. I, just, I hit that growth spurt, yeah. you know, uh, and just all of a sudden I'd always hit for power kind of growing up. Uh, didn't try to. It just was naturally in my swing. Yeah. Um, and I think all of a sudden I just hit that growth spurt and it just all started coming together. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just out there playing. Yeah. And, you know, now it's 
<clears throat> the power I'd always had now, you know, it's kind of coming off a little different than everybody else. Uh, I was always fast, but then it's all of a sudden I started realizing I'm a little faster than, than most. Yeah. Uh, always threw kind of hard, but now I'm throwing a little harder. And so I just think that that growth spurt that I had, uh, you know, that summer uh, started really growing in my body, my athletic ability and learned how to control it a little bit yeah and uh and then all of a sudden it's like you know just my ability out on the field it just kind of jumped yeah and once i saw it and felt it uh, there was a different level of confidence that yeah. came with it because you know I, I just remember being out there and now all of a sudden the ball is coming off a little different I'm, I'm i'm running different i'm throwing different and i could feel it i could see it and once i recognized it then it's you as an athlete. You're just all right. You're pushing. Yeah, you're constantly pushing. All right, what can I really accomplish? That was pre-travel ball. I mean, you were yeah. playing on your local high yeah. school team yeah. and yeah. playing in the summers. Well, you hit like twenty-something home runs that summer, yeah. right? Eighteen that summer. Yeah. But, uh, but that was back when we played for our high school team. Yeah. There wasn't travel ball. You know, I mean, you took pride in playing for your high school team. Yeah. You took pride in playing rec ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was we had some highly competitive games in rec ball growing up. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, in the summer, I mean, it was. I, my biggest thing in summer was, am I going to play high school basketball or am I going to play for, you know, the our high school baseball team? Yeah. And, uh, and I always struggled with that because I wanted to do both, but couldn't do both, you know, in the summer. And But that summer when it really just kind of all came together for me. Uh, did you get a phone call? Was there a phone call from, you know, scouts or, you know, when did you realize that, okay, I got a shot? I got a shot. My sophomore again. year, uh, we went over to – I think it was Columbus, Mississippi, and played like New Hope, um, uh, one of the Mississippi high schools, and yeah. one of the top high schools in the country. And um, uh, I had a really good game. Uh, and I remember coming back, Coach Pitts telling me that there were a couple scouts that, uh, you know, liked me and uh, had mentioned some stuff to him. And uh, and then once that season came to a close, uh, he's telling me, sit me down and just saying that there was some interest there. And I, I had no idea what was going yeah. on. You know, yeah. I didn't know. But then that summer, Summer, um, <clears throat> that you were referring to, uh, it seemed like every travel ball or every you know high school event that we went to, there was always a scout there. Mm -hmm. And then it was by you know each tournament we went to, and then there'd be more and more of them. And and that's that's when it started to hit because then they started coming and pulling me to the side and yeah. having those conversations with you. And you know I started recognizing at that point. I'm like, all right, uh, you know it could be something here. Yeah, you know, but you don't know. Yeah, no, I didn't know. I mean, it's first little taste of it. No, I mean, for us, like, again, we always knew you were good, but there was another guy you played with that we felt like was a better high school baseball player, you know? But then all of a sudden, your junior year is when you just you just yeah. kept elevating. Yeah. Same situation. That kid had hit his ceiling, you know? Yeah. But um, I was talking with Coach Branch, you know, who we played for at LaGrange, who you should have played for. Sorry, true <laughs> folks. Um, no, we're just cutting up about that. No, but serious. Um, but he, I was at, we were talking about this, and he said, man, I, when he was 13 years old, he said, I saw him play at Granger, and he said, the way he was moving around, he said, I knew he was going to be a really good yeah. ball player. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you go through, um, you know, obviously colleges are recruiting you yeah. too. Then did you ever yeah. commit to a college? Well, it was Okaloosa Walton back okay. then, which is now Northwest Florida State. Yeah. Uh, really good you, JUCO program. Yeah, but all the, you know, all the, yeah, all the pro scouts were doing in-home visits with me. I was getting a lot of interest from the SEC schools and uh, yeah, I just started asking them, you know, what path? Because that was back in the draft and follow days. And, uh, you know, and I ended up having that shoulder surgery my, my senior year up over at University of Georgia, played in some All-American Showcase and was having a really good day, dove for a ball, dislocated my shoulder and tore, tore my labor. Mm -hmm. 
And that was right about time when all those Pro Scouts were starting to come to the house doing those in-home visits with me. And uh, so I just started asking because not only was I doing those in-home visits all the time with the Pro Scouts, you know, I'm also getting these, you know, phone calls from, you know, various levels of, you know, colleges, you know, showing interest. And yeah, I just, it, I didn't really have, in my head, it was, I was getting this pro interest. That's where I wanted to go. Yeah. That was, it was just a one-way street for me. Um, but I also knew there was a different component to that. I had my mom sitting there and said, I didn't need academics, yeah. academics, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I was entertaining that and I didn't know kind of what path I wanted to go down, but as I was getting more educated with it and a lot of the scouts were kind of giving me some direction, you know, what I kept hearing, it's like, all right, if you go to division one, uh, you commit to it, you're there three years. There's no getting around it. It's, you, you know, it's not until your junior year until you potentially yeah. get drafted. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're having this surgery, you could potentially go junior college, you know, one of us could draft you, but, uh, you know, if your arm's not ready, come draft. If you didn't recover from the surgery, hey, you can go junior college, and then all of a sudden, if, uh, you know, you get halfway through the year, toward the end of the year, and your arm's back, we can sweep you right back up, and you can go in. And so that's what I ended up. You know, I, uh, you know, I had Meridian out in Mississippi, them, and Okaloosa Walton, and uh, ended up going or committing to Okaloosa Walton. But it was with the mindset of I'm doing it because – all right, maybe if my arm's not healed, yeah. all right, I can go somewhere for a year and then hopefully get pan out and I can move on. So what were they talking? I mean, you were a second-round pick, mm -hmm. which is yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. that's – that's. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a team yeah. picking you as their second pick mm -hmm. overall, you yeah. know. Um, when did when did you have an idea that you were going to be that high of a round pick? I mean, obviously there was talks about you. You know, you got scouts coming in your house, yeah. you know, potential yeah. about being drafted. When did right you realize out of the gate, you were – when they started coming to the house. Uh, when they first started coming to the house um, and we started asking them, you know, kind of, you know, how do you project me, you know, those type of things. The majority of them were projecting me in the first round. Uh, but when I had that shoulder surgery, that's when it changed. Yeah. And uh, I had a bunch of them when I had that shoulder surgery. Just tell me right then. So like, we're not going to take you in the first round anymore. Can't. Just too much liability with the shoulder. And uh, But I still had a handful of them that were still saying that potentially first round. And uh, I ended up, you know, the Pirates and the Yankees, you know, Pirates flew me up to Pittsburgh. Yankees flew me down to Tampa, their complex, and was doing workouts. They were kind of the last ones that were holding off on kind of on the first round. And I got a phone call about uh, 1030 the night before the draft from the Pirates. They were the last ones that were saying that, you know, they would they potentially take me in the first round. And their doctors didn't clear it. Uh, uh, they were like, and they were like, you know, we're still very interested and we still would take you high, but we're not going to take you in the first round. So that was the last one. So when I got that phone call, I didn't know at that yeah. point. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I had some of them that, you know, said second round, third, fourth. You know, so it just really depended on the, you know, the organization. And, uh, you know, but early in that process, uh, a lot of them were telling me very high. So we knew it, but you just didn't know how it was going to shake out. What were those in-home visits like? What kind of questions Everything. did they ask? Uh, I mean, Character questions? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, hour-long conversations, uh, you and the whole family, you know, in the room and you know, they're just peppering you with, you know, any question they can to really get to know you, to dig into your background, really dig into your family. Um, you know, I'd have to do these, uh, you know, little psychological tests for them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have to go in the back room and do this little test for them. You know, yeah. it's, boy, they were trying to, you know, pick your brain. I mean, the day that I hurt my shoulder at the University of Georgia, I mean, I dislocated my shoulder. I'm in all kind of pain. I come off the field and I sit over, I think this was before they did any, 
they upgraded the stadium. It used to be like a hill over on the right field side. And I just went and sat up there by myself because it was almost like you can see your whole future kind of in front of you. I'm like, oh, I knew something was wrong because my dad had had shoulder problems. And uh, and not a single one of those scouts came up, asked how you're doing. It was, you know, what happened? Is this a issue that's happened in your family before, you know, boy, they just start peppering you, the business side of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they just start peppering you with those questions. And you knew, I knew right then, I was like, all right, you know, this, this is a business. Yeah. They can care less really how you feel right now. Yeah. They ain't worried about what your mom nope. and daddy think, right? No, you know, not at all. <laughs> they ain't worried about that at all. It's, no. it's, it's, you, you, you perform, mm-hmm. you know, you perform and, yep. you know, you get paid to perform. Absolutely. You know, so. You had uh, incredible parents though. I mean, they're they're awesome people. How did they instill in you with everything going on to keep you grounded and to keep you on track saying, all right, we're going to make a good educated decision that's best for you, not what's best for the person that's sitting in front of you here? Yeah, no, I just think it was always, I mean, all the conversations was us as a family, you know, and, uh, you know, whatever, anything kind of on your own with it, you know, I mean, they were always right there with me. You know, and uh, whether it was at the games or doing all those in-home visits, uh, I mean, we sat down, you know, as a group and, you know, discussed it and tried to really navigate the process, you know, together. And uh, and I always knew, you know, I mean, I knew I wasn't alone in that process. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, with dad, he wanted to just, you know, make sure that, you know, I wasn't being taken advantage of. But then mom on her side wanted to make sure whatever organization picked me, the academic piece was going to be there right. if something didn't, you know, pan out. Um, and that was part of the that was part of the contract, right? Yeah. Was all right yeah. if you draft, you have to put a clause in there, Absolutely. pay for the education. Yeah. If he decides yeah. that uh, major league baseball is not panning out, he's yeah. going to go to school. You're going to pay for his education. Went back and used it. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I mean, it ended up uh, you know working out something that only my mom was thinking about. I, I surely wasn't thinking about that going through that process. Yeah, you know, I had I, a scout tell me that yeah. that most contracts when they draft somebody to high school. That they put that in, yep. and it's very small percentage very of them few. ever use it. Very few, you know. Yep. And what we're talking about, yep. guys, is you know when you sign a sign a contract to go play pro ball, they'll put in there they'll pay X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. right, yeah. per year for for an yeah. education. Yeah. And um, so you're able yeah. to take advantage of that. Yeah. That's kind of what led you to you know what it you're is. doing now. You know. Yeah. So 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 how many leagues were you, how many leagues how many years were you in the minors? Before you got called up, because I remember it was a big deal when you got yeah, called up. Yeah, ninety eight uh, was when I got started. So I started out in rookie ball, and you know I worked my way up single A, double A, and triple A, and then 03 is 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 when I got my call up. Okay, and um, so I mean I was up and down in two thousand three, same in two thousand four. You know it was uh, I was up and down, and uh, you know was able to you know get some good time in. I mean I always had in my head, to be honest with you. I mean. Uh, I only thought about professional ball. I only thought about playing it. I only thought about, you know, making it. And I was going to play 10 years in the big leagues, you know, and it didn't work out. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it was a very one-way street for me to, you know, grind my way through the minor leagues. And um, and then once I got to the big leagues, be able to find a way to stay, you know. And it just so happened, you know. I mean, it was I couldn't have been in a better organization in terms of, you know, with Chicago to – make it to the big leagues, but right when I was ready, if I could have been ready maybe a year or two before, you never know, I might have played 10 years. You know, but uh, when I was ready, they had already brought Dusty Dusty over from San Francisco and his philosophy in order to win a World Series. You had to have veteran. I get that now, being on the coaching side. You gotta have a veteran team. And uh, so that's when they, Aramis Ramirez and Derek Lee and Kenny Loft. So they just created log jams everywhere. Mm -hmm. So then it became really hard for a young guy to make it. 
but I was their kind of you know their their safety net, you know, because I was swinging the bat really well in AAA, but they knew they could play me in a lot of different positions. Because you, you uh, were drafted as a shortstop, right? Yeah, and um, the the moment that I got drafted, uh, Sandy Alomar Senior was my infield instructor. You know, they moved me right to third, so the track was third base. You know, going up. Uh, then in order to get into the you know make it up to the big leagues, I mean. Third, wasn't gonna happen because you had a Ramos Ramirez sitting there on a big contract. So then it was play third, first, all three outfield positions. I went fast enough to play center, but I'd play it. You know, at that level, I went fast enough, but I, I could play it. Yeah. Uh, and then DH when you know you're playing American League teams. So that allowed me to get two years. But then again, my agent and I tried like crazy to get me traded. They wouldn't trade me. You know, because I was you know I was that one guy that if one of those guys got hurt. Uh, I could get called up by a lot of different positions and swing the bat. That's when you got called up because uh, we were cutting mm -hmm. up earlier. The, yep. the quote-unquote claim to fame was when yeah. Sammy Sosa got suspended yeah. with a court bat. Yep. You got the phone call that says, yep. we need you in Chicago. Yep, yep. And so, I mean, it, it, we're all sitting there watching the game. I mean, I was in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, our AAA organization, and we're all sitting there watching the game because we had a night game, and, you know, that was a day game when it happened. And uh, you're all sitting there watching it, and it's, it's – weird how it all plays out because it's when you by the time you get to double a everybody is sniffing the big leagues everybody can feel it and so you boy you're really paying attention to what goes on at the major league level because uh, you know you just phone call away and we're all sitting there and when that happened it was like everybody looked at me you know because you just know i mean i was playing really well at the time yeah. you didn't know if I'd, I'd get the call um and then once the game was over with mike quaddy my, my manager he pulled me into the office to let me know i was getting called up was there, you know, going through your progression, you know, rookie ball, single, all the way through, was there a difference in how the guys acted at each level? Yeah, yeah, and in how you were treated as well. Okay. Uh, you know, rookie ball and low single A to me was a little bit of, you know, kind of on the college side. I mean, they, they, they hovered over you a little bit. Micromanaged you a little uh, bit yeah, more? Okay. Yeah, because uh, you're just dealing with a lot of young guys. Um, when I got to high A ball, uh, that was a little different because now you're dealing with the guys that come out of Auburn, Stanford, Florida State, uh, your, your power fives that, uh, you know, they're polished. Uh, so they'll skip some levels. They'll come right out of the draft and they'll come to high E ball and they're on a quick track to the major leagues. Uh, so that's high E ball was where for me was really probably my biggest adjustment year. Um, but then double A AA and triple A, double A, they're starting to kind of give you that lead way. It's like, all right, you're close to the big leagues and they're starting to kind of let you feel what that's like. Triple A is, I mean, you show up and do your job. Gotcha. And if you don't, they'll catch you. It's just, you know, it's, they're not going to guide you. Yeah. You're there to do your job. Um, you expect to be on time. You know, the whole suit and tie stuff, how you travel, you yeah. don't mess with it. You know, because now it's like, hey, you're as close as anybody to the big leagues, and here's what you're supposed to do. So, oh, oh, 03, you got called up, right? Mm -hmm. How long were you with the Cubs before you got traded? I was eight years. Eight yeah, years. I, was, I was with them eight years, and then my last year, I signed actually free agent. Uh, you know, with uh, with the Braves. Okay. And so uh, that was a weird process to go through. I mean, I was frustrated going through the process because I mean, I had just gone down to winter ball the year before down in Venezuela, and had one of the you know arguably probably about best three four month span offensively I'd ever had in my life. It just all kind of 
came together. But before I went down, our general manager in Chicago told me, it's like, you know, if you go down there and play well, show, you know, show that you can handle that, uh, there's a good chance you'll make the roster, you know, the spring, big league spring training roster. So I had that extra motivation. I mean, I was knocking on the door. I'd already gotten called up that year. Um, so I went down and uh, some of the best baseball I, I, you know, I'd ever played. And, uh, but when we got into spring training, Carlos Zambrano, Mark Pryor, you know, you got Kerry with so many of those guys, their arms, they got hurt in spring. So now they're starting to stack the roster with more arms. And I made it all the way to the last day and they called me in. So I was like, look, we got to take extra pitchers. We can't take it. So I had to go back down to AAA. And so, you know, so I was dealing with that. Um, and, but I was also trying to get traded and uh, they wouldn't trade me. So you had those frustrations with it. And so uh, ended up playing, you know, my last year and played out my contract, became a free agent. And uh, so as I'm going through it, and I had a lot of different organizations, my agent that came with me and I had a lot of different organizations that, yeah, I could have gone either way, but, you know, the Braves were sitting there. And yeah. uh, I ended up, you know, choosing to go with the Braves because uh, it was just kind of childhood. You grow up Braves and the Cubs. Those are two teams yeah. we always watched. Yeah, right. I always uh, saw them. They were on national yeah, television every yeah, week. Yeah, but it was just kind of one of those. It's like, all right, yeah, go to Atlanta. I'll make this work. Uh, but I wasn't in the right headspace when I when I signed with them. And I was still frustrated from what happened in well, Chicago. I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah. you know, I can't imagine, you know, obviously you got to perform. That's yeah. that's a, that's enough in itself, right? Yeah. You got to stay yeah. in shape. You got to <clears> perform. Right, you know, um, were you and Meredith married then? Had y'all gotten married? Yeah, a year before. A year before, so yeah. you're married, new yeah. marriage. And then everything's got to fall in place because yes. you're chasing that dream, you know, yeah. chasing that dream to make it to the next, next level. I mean, I just can't imagine the mental toughness that you had to have yeah. to yeah. go through all that. Well, I mean, really the grind of the minor leagues kind of gives you that, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I saw so many guys in the minor leagues that were high-round draft picks or – all everything at college, wherever, that just minor league just kind of chew them up and spit them out. Yeah. You know, just the day-to-day -day grind, uh, going over 25 at the plate, you know, and being able to handle that and, you know, bounce back. You know, having one of the worst games that you've ever had in your life. I mean, I went 0 for 4 in one game with – 0 for 4 with uh, three strikeouts and three errors at third. How do you come back from that, you know? But, hey, you got to play the very next day. Next day. And then you got to play the yeah. next day after that. You know, so being able to just overcome that and, you know, learning, you know, the discipline that you got to have mentally, but then to be able to really just shake it and learn to flush it, you know, because early in my career, it would just carry over into the next games. And then, you know, I learned real quick how to flush it, how to move on, how not to allow a bad error or whatever to affect me. So the minor leagues really taught me that. That yeah. grind of it really taught me. So as I really got to AAA in the big leagues, having a bad game or dealing with the media or, you know, just whatever kind of came at you, it, it was just easy to kind of flush it. Yeah. But, but you did that all through high school. You did that. And, and but it's like, <laughs> it's, it's still the same thing you deal yeah. with, but it's just a different level yes. of being able to flush it. Yeah. You know, it's a different yeah. level of pressure, yeah. Yeah. you know, a different yeah. level of being able to just, Hey, it's your short memory. It'll right? eat you alive. You know? It'll eat you alive. And it did for a little bit, you know. I mean, there, there were times to where, it, you know, it would you felt like you were on an island all by yourself. You, you had nobody to turn to. And you just had so much immense pressure yeah. that was on you. And uh, just learning to cope with that, learning how to release it, learning how to move on from it. Uh, it was hard early. It's hard early. And, you know, I mean, you came from high school to where you didn't have much failure. And now – Boy, you're, you're having failure on a weekly basis. Yeah. More failure you ever had. 
and how to cope with that, how to deal yeah. with that adversity. What's cool, David, is like, you know, you know, you're you're the head baseball coach at LaGrange College, and, and we're going to talk about, you know, how successful you have been. And, and when I say you, I know you'll throw it off to your coaches and staff and admin and everything, but – you know, sitting here hearing about, you know, it was just one track mind. Hey, I'm, I'm playing pro baseball. That's all I'm doing. But during that whole process, up until you were, you know, finally done playing pro ball, everything, in my opinion, outside looking in, prepared you for what you're doing now. Yeah. All yeah. that big league experience that you had, mm -hmm. all that big league training, you know, all the big league leadership, the way yeah. you speak. I mean, it's you're a pro at what you do, and it's prepared you for, you know, obviously all the success you've had now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but talk about when you made the decision, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to keep playing. And then what was that next step? What did you, after you got done playing pro ball? Well, I was actually, I was sitting in the outfield in uh, in Richmond, Virginia, because uh, I was in AAA with, uh, you know, with the Braves, Dax Norris and I were yeah. playing together. And uh, Brian Snicker was my manager. Okay. And... Um, I wasn't playing good at all. I mean, I was having the worst year I've ever had in my career. I'd let what happened in Chicago go over to – So you're 27 at the time, yeah, right? Yeah. I'd, you know, let that kind of go over, you know, into Atlanta, and it just wasn't in a good headspace. And so I wasn't playing well at all. And uh, and I knew for the first time in my career, I never thought about getting released because in my mind it was – you know, you're going to excel somehow, some way to make it to the big leagues, so then you can have a career in the big leagues. Failure wasn't an option. Yeah. And um, but now I'm having all kind of failure, and I could feel it. I knew it was coming. It was I couldn't stop it. You know, every day I just wasn't performing well, wasn't in a good headspace. So anyway, uh, you know, Brian Snicker and them, they, I mean, they ended up calling me in, let me go, uh, release me because they had a high prospect in double-A that uh, they needed to keep his progression going. And they needed to open the spot. Um, so I ended up getting released. But, you know, going back, I remember sitting out in the outfield in, uh, in Richmond, uh, and I knew my career was coming to an end. And I played with so many guys that they were career journeymen in AAA. Boy, they play in their mid-30s. Yeah. It was good pay. Uh, but I'd always said I didn't want to do that. It was I want to work my way through the minor leagues, you know, make it to the big leagues and, and stay. And, uh, and I felt my career had changed. I felt that window had closed for the big leagues for me. It wasn't there anymore. I felt that maybe I might get a shot somewhere, but – it was going to be tough. And I, here I am about to be a career triple-A guy. And I remember sitting out there going, what am I going to do? Never had thought that before. Yeah. Never you never thought about anything else. Yeah. And I started thinking about coaching at that point, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to coach. You know, and I didn't know what – I had no idea what I was going to do at that point. But that's when it kind of popped in my head of uh, kind of life after being a player. And, uh, and then once I got released, uh, I mean, I was in no man's land there for a little bit. You yep. know, just lost. Told my agent when I got home, called him and I told him, I said, look, give me a few days. Let me think on this. And um, But I'd always said I did not want to be a career triple guy, you know. And I wanted to play in the big leagues. That's where I wanted to stay. And uh, so anyway, I gave him a call back after, you know, three days. and said, man, I'm going to move on. Don't call me. Don't let me know if anybody calls and gives me an you know an offer to go play AAA in this yeah. organization. I don't want to know. I, I got to move on. And uh, so that's how. I mean, that's really how the the transition out of it uh, was just having a bad year and getting released, and then just knowing I didn't want to be a career AAA guy. Yeah, and bounce around all over the place. That has that had to have been a like a really really mind just battle. 
because your whole life is playing ball. Yes. Like I'm playing ball, I'm playing ball, I'm performing, <clears throat> I got to perform, I got to perform. And then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt and you're yeah. like, I don't want to play no more. Yeah. Like for your whole life, you know, 27 years, you're like, I'm not playing ball no more. Yeah. I don't have to perform. So then you get the mind mess up of, all right, now what's next for me? Yep. Like, what do I need yep. to go do? Yep. Yep. I mean, it was, it was tough. You know, you know, that feeling of the anxiety that, you know, almost got when I made it to the big leagues. Now I'm, I'm feeling that every single day. Hey, you're out in the real world now. It's like, all right, what's next? What's next? All right, I got to carve another path. But I didn't know what that path was going to be, you know. And, uh, you know, at that point, when decided to go back to school, tackle tackle my degree. Uh, I was probably more nervous because I hadn't – I didn't even have English 101 under my belt. Yeah. You know, and I had to go back to square one. I was probably more nervous sitting in that classroom than I was when I got my first major league back. <laughs> you know, just – yeah, because I, I didn't see that path, you know, yeah. ever happening. Yeah. And um, – but, you know, I'm glad I did it, um, you know, because I was able to go back and get my degree. And ultimately, that's what got me into coaching. I ran into Coach Williamson. Uh, one day, and uh, so you just were going to school. Get you you weren't even hadn't uh, decided. No, I taken I had taken some classes over at Southern Union and was just trying to kind of figure some things out. Yeah. And, uh, more so core classes over at Southern Union, and you know, just trying to you know move on a little bit, but didn't know what path I was going to take. And just happened to run into Coach Williamson one day, and uh, you know, he told me, he said, "Hey, you need to go speak with Kevin Howard over there." And uh, and I had not the first idea what division three baseball really was yeah yeah i just didn't understand it uh and to me the level didn't matter it was just all right what 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 is my path you know and uh, so i ended up running into coach williamson kind of brushed it off ran into him again then i ran into kevin i'm like all right something something something's here so we just started talking about it and then just ended up being you know one thing of a conversation to then finally him bringing me on staff but they allowed they had to get it approved for me to go back to get my degree work on my degree while i was coaching and had to get that approval process and uh and then the rest it just took off from there so you're able to take advantage of the pro contract with going to school, yep. you know, um, being on staff, right? Yep. So you were a GA assistant. No, I was, I was full time. Okay. I was full. I was, I was a full time assistant. Okay. Uh, I mean, I just had to learn the college roots. I had no idea what college baseball was about. It's so different than professional baseball. It's, it's on opposite ends of the spectrum. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Like people don't even realize that, Mm-mm. you know. Mm-mm. And I mean, it took me, you know, I mean, I was an assistant for four years before I became a head coach. I thought I was ready. I wasn't ready. Um, you know, but it took me every bit of two years to just figure out college baseball. You talk about the difference between pro baseball and, and college baseball, D3 yeah, baseball, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. being so different. Yeah. Lane Kiffin said this a couple years ago, and everybody thought it was crazy when he said it. He said the difference from a schematic standpoint in college football offense and pro football offense is the difference between football and soccer. Yeah. He yeah. said it, it's that different. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. it's it's completely different. So yep. that's uh, that's that's funny that you say that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, you can't even compare it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, but I love this side of it now. I couldn't even imagine getting into professional baseball from the coaching side. So yeah. how long were you an assistant? Four years. Four years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Four years. Kevin ended up uh, taking the head head coaching job over at Ryan Hart. Yep. 
we were in summer camp and uh, summer kids camp we do around here. And uh, I remember he, he was going through that process and I was staying here kind of running it while, while he was going and going through the interview process. And he pulled me to the side uh, and told me he ended up getting a job. And he said, look, I want you to go with me. And I told him then, I said, well, if you're going there, I want this. Yeah. And uh, But I didn't know if it would work that way. You know, I didn't know how it worked. So anyway, I mean, he went into, you know, Jennifer Claybrook's office and, you know, I give kudos to him. I'll always be grateful for him for doing this. I mean, told her I was, you know, you got your next head baseball coach here. Um, not too, I mean, a few hours later, she gives me a call, and that whole process got started. Yeah. And, what uh, year was that? 2013. Okay. Yeah. So are you in year 10 right now? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Same like yesterday. I took over. It flies by. <laughs> it does. Absolutely it does. flies by. Yeah. Um, you're winning. You're winning a lot right now. You've won a lot in the last few years. What would your first few years look like there? Rough. Okay. Rough. Rebuild to the max. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm almost glad that I got a taste of that. You know, uh, you know, probably for me, it's probably best that I didn't win right out of the gate. You know, because uh, you'd be in trouble later if you yep. won right out of the yeah, gate. Yeah, because you People just don't, don't you don't understand how quick it can yeah. change. You yeah. know, and uh, and we were you know we were not good early. You know, I mean, uh, the culture, all of it had to be kind of rebuilt a little bit. Um, you know, and talent went where it needed to be, you know. And so, uh, you know, it took every bit of two years. Talk about that from a recruiting standpoint, yeah. you know. And, and everybody that's listening, you know, a lot of people don't understand how baseball scholarships really work. Yeah. You yeah. know, you got um, – and, and stop me if I'm wrong. So you got Division One baseball has what eleven point seven five eleven point seven full scholarships, mm -hmm. right? So you look at football. I mean, pretty much eighty five percent of the teams on a full ride yeah. in football, yeah. Yeah. Uh, college football at the NC at the Division mm -hmm. One level. With college baseball, eleven point seven five, and they divide those scholarships up yep. to form a team, right? Yep. And I'll never forget we went down and. Um, Watched Auburn play. We took a group of kids to play um, to watch um, five years ago, and we've been every year until COVID hit. But a kid named Casey Mize threw a mm -hmm. no hitter on a Friday night, and the guy over operations was telling us about how scholarships work. And he said the guy that threw the no hitter last night, he's on a thirty percent scholarship. Yeah. yeah, you know, you think, oh man, he's he, and he was first round pick, I think, or second round pick. And um, you know, you think full scholarship, nope. right? All these mamas and daddies that are chasing these scholarships. Uh, for baseball, you know everybody's paying. They're not there. No, you know they're not there. As much money paying. as you're paying that organization to pay, <sighs> and as much money as you're spending on hotels and yep. this, save a little bit of that because yep. you're gonna need it if yep. if your son's really gonna play yep. at the next level. Yep. But you know you got Division Two, NAI, JUCO. Yep. Those give a lot of scholarships. At the D three NCAA D three level, technically there's no scholarships. There's right? No athletic scholarships. No athletic it's scholarships. all on the academic okay. side. And so that's be honest with you. I mean, what has helped us over the years? What you're talking about? How these scholarships are divided up? You know, we live in this day day and age where everybody's geared D one, D one, D one, D one. D one or bust. That's it. <laughs> or well, my you know the Twitter glory of I got this percentage scholarship, but still, how much are you still paying? Though? Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, I mean, the parents only want to know what the bottom line number is. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's where, you know, kind of for us, I mean, even though we're not giving athletic scholarships, we're giving loads of scholarships, you know, whether it's academic money, you get grant money, you just get all different different avenues that we can go down. And because every single day, I mean, these guys in our locker room, they were they were recruited by Division twos, your junior colleges, your NAIA. We get a couple of them here and there that, you know, maybe had some mid-major nibbles that were on them, yeah. you know, Uh 
But still, when we put our scholarships up against other schools that are given athletic scholarships, it's equally as comparable yeah. day in and day out. Because really, at the end of the day, all you're worried about is the bottom line number. What does it matter if it's athletic scholarship or academic money, but you're still paying the same amount to Correct. go to each school? Yeah. You know, so then it comes down to, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, which one, you know, obviously is going to be more feasible, but where's going to be your best fit? You know? Sometimes your best fits at a small Division three school like what we have here at LaGrange opposed to a, a bigger school to where you're just going to sit there and kind of rot for a couple of years, and you might get to play later on. Yeah. You know, so really the the kid, once you get past all the ego, all the Twitter glory, all that mess, what do you really want? Yeah. What do you really What do you value? That's right. You know, what is it? You know, like, I get tickled when you said Twitter because uh, I'm like – I might get in trouble when I say this, but you see these kids say, so blessed to get this offer. So, yeah. And I get it's a business because it's yeah. like, if this person wants me, then it's going to attract another school and this and that. I'm like, almost like, oh, such and such asked me out. Yeah. And it's like, you're trying to battle. Yeah. So it's like, to your point, it's all about what do you want to do as a kid? Yeah. Do you yeah. want to play? Yeah. Or do you want to say, I got to go to yeah. this big time school? Yeah. And they have opportunity to play with you and they get to win. I mean, last year... Yeah. You guys won a super regional. Mm -hmm. You were in the D three College World Series. Yep, yep, yeah. Well, I mean, I I ask the guys all the time. You know, recruits when they when they when they sit down with me, I'll tell them, you know, look, go and visit all these other schools. You need to compare us to all these yeah. other schools. It's almost you know? better for you yes. after they do that yeah. and see what kind of money they're going to give, and yes. then you put the pen to paper and show yeah. them, hey, this is this is the option. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. But then you get to sit there and just ask them, be like, you know, what do you value? You know, are you are you looking for a strong culture? Are you looking for a family type field? Do you want to win? You know, what is it? Or are you just looking for, hey, I, I got a twenty five percent scholarship at this level? You know, mm -hmm. what is it? What what's important to you? Because some of them will just flat tell you, hey, coach, I want an athletic scholarship. All right, well, this isn't the place for you. Yeah, you know, but some of them, hey. Winning's important. Academics are important. You know, a culture, a family feel. Hey, coach, I want to compete for scholarships. All right, well, what do you see here? We got all that for you, you know? And so then you get to really dive into the details with the individual and the family, and they really get to see what you had to offer, you know, at that point. Because uh, once you get them passed, once you can get them to swallow the ego and the pride and all that stuff and, you know, and get them away from climbing the, you know, the ladder and yep. whatever level, still at the end of the day, man, it's college baseball. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know it's important no matter where you go, uh, but you're gonna you're gonna get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, and because you got players, I mean, you yeah. got really really talented players. Yeah. So early on, what year did you feel like we're turning a corner? We're turning year, a three. year three, year three, okay. Uh, year one and two were rebuild. We were fourteen and twenty four my first year, thirteen and twenty four my second year. We started out year three. I knew from a recruiting standpoint we were way better. And I knew our roster was. I'd seen these kids, uh, you know, I'd gone to these junior college events, these high school events, and I knew what we had brought in talent wise was going to be better. We said, not win yet. Yeah. You know, we were still finding ways to lose baseball yeah. games. So we had a way talented roster, but we started out the season 10 and 10 because we were still finding ways to lose baseball games. Yeah. You see how quick, like, when I asked him what year, he knew exactly He knew his was. business. Mm -hmm. He knows you it. Knew, you knew exactly what your record yeah. was. That's what a winner does, man. It's not casual. No. You you, you know. No. You know exactly yeah. what you're doing. And yeah. when you say that about losing, you know, I heard a coach say this a while back, this, you know, you got to have a group of people you can lose with first before you get a group of people yeah. you can win with. Yeah. 
you know. Well, you said a most profound statement. He said, we didn't know how to win. Yeah, we did. We were finding ways to lose ballgames. Yeah. We didn't know how to win. And that's an testament to you having instilled in you the fundamentals of going through adversity through your personal career to where you could trans, you know, transmit that to the ballplayers. Hey, I've been there. I know what you're feeling. So it's almost like I know what you're going through right now. Yeah, we're just dealing with that adversity, being able to overcome it, being able to flush it, being able to move on game after game, you know, in that 2016 season. I mean, we were 10 and 10, but I knew we were I knew we were way better. Yeah. And then we had a 14-game winning streak, and that changed everything in our program. Because you could, you know, now all of a sudden we were doing all the little things. Now we'd get to the seventh inning, we were closing games. You know, that eighth, ninth inning, we weren't finding ways to lose anymore. We were locking it down on defense. Pitchers doing what they're supposed to do. But we were just being way more fundamentally sound. And uh, then all of a sudden, you could sense in the in the locker room, the guys came to the field every day. They knew we were going to win. Yeah. The mindset had flipped. It had yeah. changed. And once we got that, and that group ultimately turned into the 2017 group, which we went 40 and 6 that next year, uh, that's when it all Really took off. 40 and 6. That's yeah. a lot of wins. That was. They had belief. They do. They had belief. They do. That was a but, hunger, but now that was you, a hunger group. But now you still, you know, last few years, <clears throat> you've done a heck of a job of battling complacency. and beating complacency. Yeah. You're you're yeah. beating it, you know. It's hard. What are some things you're doing to to uh to beat that? Well, again, it goes back to the standards. You know, it's yeah, getting guys to understand. You know, what we've done in the past is nice. That's all in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, this you, team ain't you, done you, shit. No, no. Yeah. And, you, and it's, I tell the guys all the time, this group right here, you got to create your own identity. Yeah. You can't live off the coattails of the last year's team. This is a whole new team this year. I mean, we graduated some core pieces last year. How we won last year is not how we're winning this year. Yeah. You know, and that's the side of, that I enjoy in baseball is every year taking a roster and building it. Yeah. You know, and being able to – because you can win different, you know, every single year. I heard a story a while back. I think it was this fall. And, um, I mean, obviously we grew up together. knew you are doing a heck of a job. Thank the world of you as a person. You're a great father. Um, but I heard that this fall a couple of your upperclassmen showed up a little late to one of your early a.m. conditioning <laughs> classes. And so when I say early a.m., it's, you know, I think 5 o'clock in the morning and it's – you know, you push them, you're getting in shape, you're preparing them for for the next season. And a couple of your upperclassmen that were on a team that made it to the World Series, so I think they showed up maybe 10, 15 minutes late. They overslept. Yeah. And it was basically when they showed up, you just pointed, you know, mm-hmm. just didn't let them in there, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, that's why he's winning at such a high level yeah. is because it, it's all about your culture. Yeah. You know, your yeah. culture is producing the results that everybody yeah. sees. The average yeah. fan that shows up at the ballpark, average fan that gets on, you know, Facebook and sees your wins and sees what you're, you're doing, you know, there's more to it. Yeah. You know, it don't just happen. No. Well, I mean, if you ever let those standards slip, your program is going to slip. Yeah. You know, and it's the hardest part is to being able to hold, whether it's your best player or, you know, the worst player on your team, to the same standards. Now you're going to treat – you're going to treat guys differently. You know, it is what it is. Because, I mean, some guys have earned it. Yeah. Some guys have. And uh, so, I mean, in terms of treatment of players, it's going to be a little different from time to time. Um, but in terms of your absolutes that you have in your program that you're just not going to budge for anybody, those things don't change. Yeah. It doesn't matter the year. 
you know, and so it's if you're going to, you know, form that team that, uh, you know, they're going to be a tight knit group, but they understand the little things matter. And, you know, the little things are obviously going to turn into big things on down the road. Yeah. Uh, boy, you got to hammer those day in and day out. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's going to be too late on down the road when you try. Yeah. Why, why, why still here at LaGrange College? Because I, I know you get phone calls. Yeah. I mean, you're winning. You're, you're, you know, programs would love to have David Kelton leading their program. Why still here? It's never been about the level, um, you know, for me on the coaching side. Yeah. Um, I love what we've created here. Uh, you're not guaranteed this somewhere else. You know, grass isn't always greener on the other side. No doubt. You know, and I know that. Um, you know, and so um, – you know, when I first got into it, uh, you know, you, you, you're you sitting here talking about, you know, putting something together and then what's next, you know. But, you know, the longer I've been into it now, you got all these alumni that, you know, have come through, mm -hmm. that have had all this success. They come back. Uh, they follow you like crazy all over social media. You've created this, this chemistry and this culture within the program that people respect. They respect. They they want to be a part of that special to me. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, and See, so man, you're getting old, you're getting like me, you're getting old, you're getting to yes. the point where you're gonna have players have kids that may play for you one day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So I mean for me it's not about, you know, climbing it. You know, and I also know uh the higher you climb, the more you're gonna be on the road recruiting as well. Yeah. We recruit extremely hard, but it's a whole different level at that division one level. I mean it's it's just uh, you know, recruiting at every level. It's the lifeline of your program. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you're going to get beat. But it is just different at the Division One level. And, uh, you know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Now, I want no part in it. Yeah. You know, I enjoy, you know, the balance that you get, you know, at this level. I enjoy small school, you know, uh, you know, baseball as well. Yeah. You know, I, I knew nothing about it when I was getting in it. Now I got a whole different level of respect for it. You know, and uh, but I also love being able to create something to where, all right, you can compete for championships, something special. There's a chemistry in that locker room, a culture that's been created that, you know, guys value, people value. Uh, recruits come in, families come in, they see it. You know, they, 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 they come in and they are probably thinking small school Lagrange. It's not, hey, I'm going to go check it off my list. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they come and – now, next thing you know, a few months down the road, they're committed to you yeah. because of all of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. And you've that. got a president um, now that's that yeah. wants to win, right? She does. Dr. Yeah. Baxter and then, you know, uh, T.O., Terrellyn Olds, our athletic director. I mean, full of fire. Yeah. Full of fire. And, uh, you know, and, you know, and the college went through some tough times through COVID. Uh, and, you know, we're kind of trying to pull ourselves out of it. Uh, Dr. Baxter's doing a phenomenal job of that. And T.O., has, has come in and really has ignited a fire in our athletic department uh, throughout and some high standards, which I've enjoyed. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I see a lot of, I see the direction going in the right way in terms of the institution. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't realize what a beautiful campus yeah. LaGrange College is. It's a big campus. It is. Yeah. Really big campus. Well, I tell you, you, so many people come here all the time and play, you know, at the rec facility all over the state. Mm -hmm. And I hear it every single year. I had no idea y'all had this. Yeah. You know, because they, they've been here, you know, playing in these tournaments. Yeah. But I tell everybody, you know, all the time, it's a hidden gym. Mm -hmm. And and if I can get recruits on this campus and I can get in front of the parents and in front of the individual, I got a chance. Yeah. And, but I got to get them here. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's all about the culture, and mm -hmm. that's something that you learn from the legend, Coach Williamson, sewing back into the, yep. the community yep. by doing camps in the summer. You got a camp mm -hmm. coming up for spring break for yep. – 
a lot of the kids and stuff. Yeah. And you've got a coaching staff that helps with that. And oh, they've, yeah. they've been a part of you for quite yeah. some time as well. Yeah. You've built yeah. that culture yeah. to where now you can trust your staff. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, you know, we're not having the success that we, that we have without, you know, without Nick, Richie, Scott Malores, my former pitch coach, Stephen Brown, you know, who's head coach down in Florida. Uh, I mean, those guys have been unbelievable. I mean, Nick's been with me for nine years now. It's my 10th year as a head coach. He's been with me nine years. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard to find. You yeah. know, Richie was one of the best pitchers that's ever came through our program. Uh, but the first person that I've ever hired that played for me, you know, and so that's been unique. Yeah. You know, having that on staff. And so you don't talk about two guys that are as committed as can be. Uh, they've taken so much off of my shoulders. Uh, to where now I can sit back a little more now, yeah. you know, because, I mean, they're so good at their jobs. Uh, you know, Nick, uh, I mean, nobody's going to out-recruit Nick. Nobody. Yeah. You know, and so and, – and, and he's showing Richie, you know, you know, the way on the recruiting side, you know. But, uh, you know, just in terms of, you know, Richie running our strength conditioning, you know, program. You know, at small school, that stuff's important. Big schools, you have all that support staff. Yes. Yeah. A lot of your small schools, you don't. You know, so now I got that on my, my staff with him. Um, he's been able to, from a physicality standpoint, increase that with our with our program. But then Nick, I've been able to hand him so much. I mean, he's coached infielders, he's coached catchers, outfielders, and now he's running our offense. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it, just to be able to hand over so much to him and them be able to take it, but then do it at such a high level, it's been huge. Yeah. So you're doing your, a spring break camp mm -hmm. for kids. What ages are they? Eight through twelve. Eight through twelve. Are you yeah. full yet? No, we're okay. not full yet. Right, so no, this, we're not this, full. This will post yeah. on the twenty yeah. March twenty second. Yeah. Yeah. So if 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 you're listening, you got a kid that um, wants to go to baseball camp over spring break. You're not going to the beach. Yes, um, yes, yes. What's yeah. uh, what? How do they register? Go to davidkeltoncamps.com. Okay. And uh, everything's on there. We have our spring break camp. We just posted, uh, you know, the summer kids camp that we yeah. do in the community. Which is great. My, my, yep. my, all my kids have gone to yep. we, my uh, boys. We've posted that, uh, you know, for all the high schools. I mean, we got prospect camp showcases that we, you know, that we do from a recruitment standpoint. Uh, we, you know, have some of those posted. Most of them will be posted here soon. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, the spring break and the, the kids camp, those are already posted. So, davidkeltoncamps.com. Awesome. You're doing a heck of a job, man. I appreciate it, brother. A heck of a job. We appreciate you yeah. jumping on today. Absolutely. So, JB. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm excited. Thank you again for spending the time with us. You know, I appreciate I, it. I got so many nuggets about, you know, you don't have to specialize in a sport no. to play next level. You know, you, you play two sports. Yeah. You play three. Three. Three yeah. sports. Yeah. 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 Play football. I, yeah. I totally forgot about football. Yeah. See, I was I was too young. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to specialize. uh, -uh. And um, you didn't play on this big travel team. You played with your high school team. Yeah. Uh, they'll find you. If you're talented enough, they'll find you. They so um, go check out the campus. If you're not from LaGrange College, I mean, LaGrange area, go check out LaGrange College campus because the games are a lot of fun. It's a good family atmosphere, and uh, everybody loves watching someone to win, right? Absolutely. And, and, and another thing is really just to tie everything together is failures at every level. Uh, so, every you know, level. you know, you know, when you're talking about, you know, your mindset and, you know, struggling, like, because, you know, you didn't, weren't where you wanted to be from a pro yeah. ball standpoint. You were in the 0.5% yeah. of high school baseball players that got drafted. Yeah. Right. 0.5%, yep. you know, um, it wasn't a failure. You know, yeah. it, you're, you're going to, there's yeah. going to be failure at every level. It's just, again, how you handle it, how you mm -hmm. deal with it, and how you push through it. So, Absolutely. David, thank you. No, thank you, brother. We'll see Appreciate you next guys. Week. Yeah.